0: The Roar, knocking down topics like bowling pins. Straight down the middle. No hook, no spin, no fuss. Anything more and this becomes figure skating. We are The Roar.
1: Here live on the Roar, eleven o four a.m. Hour three gets started right now. Let me say this real quick because we're, we we get a lot of people coming in and out, and I just want to keep you updated as much as we can. Uh, as of right now, there have been no changes made to the Clemson South Carolina series for tonight. Obviously, the weather not good here, but it's also not good in Columbia where the game is scheduled at Founders Park for seven p.m. At this time, there is no update on that. I will say this though the um, there will not be a doubleheader tomorrow. That I can confidently say because the the way the ballpark they're not gonna play at Founders at noon and then, you know, move over to um, Segra at four, like they, they, they're not gonna do that and they're gonna stretch this thing out so they will play a midweek game late later in the season. It'll be something probably around uh, I think middle of April is when Mickey Plower was talking about it earlier this morning. I, I talked to him after the shows or after his show for this one. We were discussing it. It'll be mid-April. So if they do get rained out today, the makeup game at Founders will take place later on in the season. There will not be a doubleheader uh, tomorrow. That, the logistics would be a little weird, I think, to play one game at you know like noon at Founders and then have to get in a bus and drive over to second. They're not far apart, but still. I just that'd just be weird. Yeah, you're not doing all that. But South Carolina or Clemson would have to make another trip back down to Columbia in April. But they've they 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 come up with contingencies already. They're already in place. Just a matter of how the situation plays out. Um we'll see what the forecast brings. But it doesn't doesn't look good right now. We're not reporting anything. We don't know, we're not weather people. Unless you you are, John, or unless you stayed at a holiday in last night. I did not, no. Okay. Just want to be clear on that. Where we don't know anything other than if tonight's game gets rained out, look for a mid-April makeup, mid-week kind of thing. Yep. We have some news in college football to get to, John, and it doesn't involve the playoff. We'll get to that in a moment. Breaking news: uh, I think Ross Dellinger reported this that um, they're going to finalize some recommendations today with the college power brokers to adopt the helmet comms. So now coaches will be able to talk to players. This was already essentially a done deal. Correct. They it's officially official.
2: They tried a lot of this out in several bowl games
1: this year. So we will get the helmet communication, much to the chagrin of Dave Doran. We will get tablets on the sideline
2: and at halftime.
1: I'd like them to look
2: into that immediately.
1: Man, we can't do we can't make laptop gate jokes anymore. We still can. Clemson had a laptop on the sideline, John. Dave Doran was told, "Okay, I was there. I know what happened." All right, there was a sideline laptop.
2: And the league needs to investigate
1: this immediately. Still to this day, we need more investigation into that.
2: I just don't want to know where. Don't I- ever let it go, Dave. I just want to know where Bradley Chubb kept all the towels. Still to this day, I just
1: want to know where where they are. I mean, Clemson was going to use those towels to cover up the laptop, and he took them all, so they had no way of of hiding the laptop. Yeah, thanks a lot, Coach. And a whole plan worked
2: up and everything. It's Doran's fault. It's always Doran's fault.
1: Will Dave Doran allow tablets on the sideline?
2: Oh, that's actually a really good question.
1: Tablets, Uh, solo
2: cups, cigars. It's part of the uniform. Uh, And bombs in interviews. I think he will. I think it will be uh, it'll be anti it for a while, but this is just falling in line with the NFL.
1: Well, and, and the money's there for it now. Well, you know, high schools use video stuff during games. That's okay. College is the only sport that was outlawing it. Have you have you ever seen that at a high school game? Yeah, I, I've seen them bring a big screen TV and set it up there. Yes. <laughs> I've seen numerous
2: uh, high school teams here in the upstate do that when I've been out doing the chain gang.
1: So why was college so anti, you know, video and computers and any anything where you might you might gain an illegal edge? Why? Because coaches in college are secretive and they think everybody's out to get them. Well, and
2: for a long time too, there was a lot of the Some belt schools and Mac schools and things like that that didn't want to spend the hundreds of thousands of dollars in multiple helmets. Because that's the one thing, too, in college that I think is going to be interesting is who gets the helmet communications and how do you divvy that up? Because, like, in the NFL, every quarterback has it and then whoever you signify as your play callers on defense, it's not all 53 members of your roster have in-helmet communication. So I'm curious as to how they're going to do that. Beats From me. a, you know, how many do you get, we're going to give them to, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I, I, I do think, though, that we are, we can no longer go with the the argument of money. Like, that's, that's sort of, that's over.
2: I don't think there's anything in college football right now that you can say we don't have the money for. <laughs> it, it collectively, it's the entire
1: sport. But I also think coaches liked stealing signs and liked uh, being able to get an edge where they could. And I don't, I don't mean illegally stealing signs. I mean legally stealing signs. I don't mean sending no, not Connor Stallions. people to games to scout ahead. I mean just simply, you know, watching the other sideline and trying to figure it out, deciphering the code or whatnot. A lot of coaches were for that. So now he's going
2: to have to just go full 100% back into the vacuum repair business now, right, after these rules?
1: Uh, yes. There's no
2: use for his skill set anymore in college football?
1: <laughs> uh, John, uh, yes, vacuum cells are about to be a big deal, but Stallions will find a way to still be involved in Michigan football in some manner. We all know that. If they want him to or not. Yeah, he's he didn't write the manifesto for nothing. He's the Michigan man. In fact, the manifesto probably takes into account, eventually changes to communication oh so he's the
2: one who foresaw this coming then the manifesto
1: yeah it's have you haven't you read the manifesto
2: i haven't gotten a copy of it oh i'll I'll see if i can get you one thank you you're gonna read every page of it i actually would would like to get a hold of that and read it i think it'd be a very good read
1: and be quizzed here on the show sure okay you like quizzes no (laughs) but but
2: if i but if i'm giving the material and i'm able to do the homework then i'll be prepared for the quiz (laughs) immediately no it's the natural reflex.
1: Yeah, fair enough. All right, so then there's one more to mention in terms of what's going to be approved for college football. Hello, two-minute warning. Welcome to the collegiate game. I'm all for helmet communications. I'm all for tablets on the sideline. I'm all for uh, Dave Dorn being mad. Uh, I, I'm not for two-minute warning in college football. It serves no purpose. Who asked for it? No one. Uh, TV, and who, and who Bingo. runs the sport? And who runs the sport? TV. Yeah, there's, there's what, what. Give me a football reason why we need a two-minute warning. Just give another timeout,
2: or make the clock rules what they were, where the clock
1: stops on first down. I guess i I don't understand this at all. I thought, I thought we made a concerted effort to speed the game up last year. I thought that was the whole point of changing the clock and just doing they've, – they've spent the last two or three years tweaking little well, things here and there to try to make the game a little bit faster. Because one of the things that they're
2: trying to do in mirroring the NFL is making the game times all work because, I mean, Brad, I know you're about as big of an NFL Sunday fan as there is. 1 o'clock starts, 4 or 5 starts, 8.20 start. Boom, yeah. boom, boom. And I know that's something they've been trying to get into college football. Noon, 3.30, 8 o'clock, and everything's starting on time. So why are we putting more variables into this?
1: Why are we stopping the game with two minutes to play? To tell everybody that there's two minutes left. I think it's going to be hard to get used to. Maybe maybe I, was, I say that now and then it happens. You're like, oh, this is like the NFL. It's, it's no big deal. And we're fine with it, but... It serves no real purpose whatsoever in the collegiate game. Correct.
2: I think in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal. I think it's kind of like the, the clock rules last year and the pitch clock in baseball, and we're just going to get used to it. It's part of the game. We're going to move on, and the product, I think, mostly will still be fine, but I just don't see the need for it other than add time. We need to create more. Ad space in these broadcasts.
1: Do you know why the two-minute warning was invented? Uh, Why was that? Because there was a time they didn't have clocks in the stadium. There wasn't an ability for the player to look up and go, we got three and a half minutes left. You know, Deshaun Watson could go in the huddle and be like, guys, they left too much time on the clock. Because he he didn't know how much time was on the clock. (laughs) All right, so they would stop the game. This is like back in the 40s they instituted this. They would stop the game so the official could tell the team there's two minutes left in the game.
2: See, the equivalent of soccer saying, hey, we've got stoppage. Yes. Hey, we've hit 90. You've got three minutes left. Yes.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's a great analogy. Kind of like soccer, you know how much time you have left to play. That's why it was invented. Now, was it used to become an extra commercial break for for television, once clocks were invented and put in, in the stocks. Well, once were we learned invented. how to tell time once, <laughs> once we somebody finally invented the once clock. Once we got
2: the sundial out of football, we were really able to improve the game.
1: Sometime in the fifties or sixties when somebody got around to building a clock. Uh, once we got stadium clocks and could, you know, count down the time and you could see it in front of you, then we did not have the need for the two minute warning, but it didn't go away. Because one, they just gotten used to it. And two, when T V came along It was a great opportunity to slide in that extra commercial break and charge a whole lot of money for it. But there's no purpose. There's no need. And college football is like, yeah, we want it anyway. Because we want everything anyway. More. More. That's all this is about is more.
2: That's what I told you over the air, but I figured it out. The catchphrase, the slogan, the tagline for the Super 2. The Big Ten and the SEC, and it's simply just this: more.
1: I will say this though: the two-minute warning now allows a, 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 a definite mark and an opportunity to stop the clock and remind Mario Cristobal that he's about to ruin the game. I wow! I didn't even think about how much this is going to
2: impact Miami football. Mm-hmm.
1: This gives a this gives an opportunity for Mario Cristobal to go. Oh, there's two minutes left. Now's my time to shine. This is where I get involved. I didn't coach for the other. You know, it's like in wrestling, your mid match, and then all of a
2: sudden, you hear, oh, is that the rocks music? <laughs> <laughs> two minute warning. It's Mario's music. It's his
1: time. Come on down. He's gonna walk out on the field with two fists, like Frank Beamer. Let's go two time. Two minute warning. Now's my time. I'm gonna ruin this game,
2: man. He has a whole lifetime of football of not using the two minute warning. This is going to throw him in like a five-year blender.
1: Yeah. yeah. He Some coaches may not adapt well to
2: this new system. And that is one thing I actually will, that I'm okay with changing something up, is to watch everybody stumble and fumble their way through it.
1: I will say, from the perspective of the entertainment value, what can you get out of a two-minute warning? Well, as a texter says, you could go to the bathroom. So I guess that's <laughs> that's, yeah. a, that's a planned bathroom break for you. That helps, especially if you've been consuming beverages for the sure. fifty-eight minutes of the game. If you're hydrated, I get it. Uh but also um it does give you I guess it sets up maybe a little more drama because you can save a timeout, which is a problem for college coaches, because they already can't do they can't use their three timeouts. That's
2: what I mean. Mario is going to have a very difficult time here.
1: But it gives you another timeout. So maybe it, like you're In your mind as a coach, you're trying to save a timeout. Maybe you get an extra possession because of this. There's opportunities to turn into some we're
2: going to watch coaches who, you would agree with me on this, that every single one that you see on a sideline on Saturday knows 10 times more football than you and I combined. But we're going (laughs) to watch them Uh, just make some boneheaded decisions with with their timeout usage
1: with this. To the degree of this. We don't do odds on this show, John. But if we're taking odds on the first coach to forget that there's a two-minute warning, who is it going to be? Mario Cristobal.
2: <laughs> He's the odds-on favorite. Uh, odds-on, yeah. James Franklin, I think, is close. Wow. J- James Franklin will be will be in there.
1: Marcus Freeman.
2: Uh, it's not so much about the clock for Marcus Freeman as it is counting to eleven. God, where's Derek Dooley when you need him? Talk about a guy who can mess
1: up a clock situation. Oh, man. <laughs> He was amazing hey, at Julie it. Eric would thrive in this environment. Oh, I would love to see him with a two-minute warning. But I, I promise you, some coach is going to forget. They're going to use up. They're going to use up their timeouts and forget they have a two-minute warning.
2: Or they, 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 oh, the crap. clock's going to stop and they're they're trying to do a the two-minute drill to go down the field and they're going to go ballistic. Who stopped the clock? Why are you blowing the whistle? We got to get down the field and score.
1: First coach they cut to who's like looking around like what? Huh? You know the meme. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's what's his name? John C. Riley, me. Oh yeah, where he's just like, huh? What? Yeah, that's that's gonna be one of the coaches when they when they stop the clock. Yeah, I know he's
2: out. I know he's out of the game right now, but I would like to just see. I, I think it honestly it could have been Jimbo Fisher to see him peeking up through all his papers and his readers and looking up and be like, wait, what? Who called timeout? Who did that? Who called timeout. Who
1: called timeout? We do a timeout now. What do I do? Yeah, Jim Jimbo's. Jimbo's not counting the clock. He's counting the money. Now yeah, he is counting the clock until
2: the next uh, direct deposit hits.
1: <laughs> there you go. He's waiting on that A&M cash. Six, five, four, roar. More to come on the press box right after this.
3: You might not know this, but the Ingalls Bakery is actually a bakery. As in, we bake things. Really delicious things. Things like crusty breads just waiting for that scrumptious strawberry jam. Apple fritters to pair perfectly with that morning cup of coffee. Cakes for any occasion, customized to your precise standards. And did we mention the cookies? It's all in the bag. Ingalls, low prices, love the savings.
4: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Go ahead, feel your engine. Admire that perfectly installed exhaust. Your vehicle's moving along this freeway like it was made from fresh installs and a whole lot of love. With eBay Motors, you get over 122 million parts to keep it running. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, they'll be the perfect fit every time. Plus, at these prices, well, we're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
3: Unlock the secret to successful weight loss with Ph.D. Weight Loss, like I did. At Ph.D. Weight Loss, they believe in nutrition. Not some gimmick, not some pill. It's a simple approach. Healthy, sustainable, no junk food. It's very easy, no counting calories, just a personalized eating plan that gets big results. And with PhD, you don't have to worry about cravings. They become non-existent. Make a rewarding life change with PhD Weight Loss. Visit myphdweightloss.com today to find out how you can lose fat and not muscle. Serving delicious meals at a fair price for over 50 years, Wendy's commitment to good done right is unwavering. For decades, they've served up great deals to feed the whole family. And nowadays, they're bringing you breakfast favorites. The Pretzel Baconator, the Biggie Bag, and you can't forget the Frosty. All available to order in the palm of your hands with the Wendy's app. Doing the right thing in the right way is the Wendy's way. Download the Wendy's app and visit your local store today.
0: Hi, everybody. I'm Don Munson. Up next is your daily update on what's happening with Clemson Athletics. But first, this from Founders Federal Credit Union. Attention all basketball fans, are you ready to experience MVP treatment in banking? Look no further than Founders Federal Credit Union, where personalized service is the winning play. Don't settle for being just another number. Join Founders and receive the personalized attention you deserve along with great rates, loans, for any reason, and a dynamic online experience. Visit one of their 41 convenient office locations or visit foundersfcu.com to see if you qualify for membership. Relax, go Tigers! Federally insured by NCUA, membership qualification required, terms and conditions apply. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. Got another busy weekend on the Clemson Athletic calendar coming up. Women's golf will be in action at the Gator Invitational today and tomorrow. Men's tennis, they are on the road at Duke. That match will take place at 2 o'clock this afternoon. At 5 o'clock this afternoon on campus, the women's tennis team is in action against Virginia Tech. Admission to that is absolutely free. Baseball, supposed to start their series in Columbia with South Carolina today. We're going to watch the weather, see if that one will actually take place. Of course, tomorrow they'll play at the neutral site game in Columbia. And then on Sunday, the third and final game in the series will be at Clemson. That will be a two o'clock start. Lacrosse back in action also uh, this weekend, as on Saturday at one o'clock, they will play host to Virginia. Softball will be in action. They have two games coming up on Saturday. NC State is in town as softball begins their acc uh, portion of the schedule one o'clock is the first game against the wolf pack and then they're scheduled for three o'clock on saturday afternoon for the second game sunday they will uh, get back after it as uh, they will also take on the Wolfpack of nc state that will be at 12 noon men's basketball on the road at notre dame tomorrow at 7:45. as always go tigers live and local sports talk coming to you from the upcountry fiber studios
5: This is 105.5 and 97.5,
4: The Roar. Serving the five counties of the South Carolina Upstate, Upcountry
0: Fiber is a stronger connection. Your home for Clemson women's basketball, 105.5 and 97.5. We are The Roar, where every day is game day.
1: back here live on The Roar of the Press Box with Brad and Jonathan joining us today. 654 Roar, you want to get in with us? I don't think we've discussed just some of the ramifications of a 14-team playoff. Like what what it means, what it's going to look like in terms of the problems, the issues, how you solve this, that, and the other. Obviously, what the Big Ten and the SEC are proposing solves financial issues for them. You know what? What little financial issues they already had, because they're already getting—they're already getting the biggest contracts in in collegiate sports, and now they're going to get more of the money from the college ball playoff. Yeah, I, I just thought about Like this. ten to fifteen percent at least more
2: on top of their TV deals being thirty million plus. Yep. per school per year. A lot of talk over the years has always been Greg Sankey wants to make college football like the Premier League, right? I think we misinterpreted that. (laughs) I think he's wanted to make it the Champions League. Because this is, when I look at this format, that's exactly what this is, is the Champions League in soccer. The Premier League gets three bids. The Bundesliga will get three bids. But if, I draw a blank on the, the French League's name, but like, League A1. League A1, thank you. They have had some some poor performances the last few years. They're not getting as many teams into the mm-hmm. Champions League as they used to do in their automatic qualifiers. Yep.
1: The league in Portugal, the league in the Netherlands, they don't get as many teams as the, the English teams, the, the German teams. Yeah. yeah. The Italians. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So that's... Um, that is more or less what it what it feels like. Do you like the idea of, of just even? I'm, we talk about adopting the soccer model in a lot of avenues of sports. I didn't think college football be the one to do it. I mean, well, I'll I, be I didn't think we would go th- this way. Yeah, I thought if we were going to implement it, just the
2: way the narrative has been for a decade plus, it would be promotion relegation, not not this. Not a way for two leagues to game a system in the likes of which I don't think we have ever seen. Uh, In terms of stacking the deck as favorably as you can. And then forcing everyone else to go along with it.
1: Let's talk about some of the other ramifications of this. We, We have no idea who is going to technically determine some of this they are being labeled as automatic bids. But at the same time, what, what is that? Who's going to decide the seating for these automatic bids? Well, And are we, are conference championship
2: games still going to be a thing? And I think it's a serious question to ask. Because is it going to be, like if you're the ACC, I'll use last year as an example. With your two automatic qualifiers, is it Florida State and Louisville? Or could it have been another selection? Or would it have been the committee being like, actually, we want to have some celebrity fanfare. We're going to take North Carolina because of Drake May. Like, is it going to be someone selecting who the two are out of the ACC? Is it going to be the two that played in the conference title game? Yeah. Is it...
1: Because we're, we're getting rid of divisions all over the place. What's, what's the role of the conference championship games even in this new system. I don't think there is one for it. I just don't see the purpose. Because I, I think you make a legitimate case that you're better off not playing in your conference championship game. It's, it's kind of like in the NCAA tournament. You know, not the worst thing in the world, get knocked out on Friday or Saturday, depending on when your championship is. Semifinals, we'll say that. Not at the end of the world. If you're a guaranteed lock get in the tournament and your, your seating is pretty much intact, then you get a chance to get a couple extra days rest give guys some time off, get their legs a little bit fresher. It's a huge boost. It, it can be. It can be. Honestly, I, I just don't. Or I, baseball. Is I have liked
2: conference championship games. I think they have served their purpose, but with the way we have tweaked and changed the landscape, I don't think they serve their purpose as much anymore in this new format. I would rather take that weekend, give everybody a lot of time off, and then we're, we're trying to find a standalone weekend for Army-Navy. We are struggling to find that on the calendar right now if you're looking at how all this is going to be There isn't one right now. They're moving the bowl games up. This could be one. This could be one. If we get rid of conference championship games and they do not serve a purpose anymore other than making money, but...
1: I I just can't see leagues voluntarily giving up the money they generate. Like, the ACC needs the conference championship game. The SEC probably not as much. I mean, they need it, but not as much. Big 12 needs it. I mean, it's a, it's a money generator for these leagues. For the leagues that are already going to be at a disadvantage financially, you're going to take more money, more potential money out of their pockets. I don't see it happening. That's a very good point. But do do they work? Do they coexist in this in this new world? Not really. I don't want to make the... If, if, if I'm confident that I can get in, I don't want to play in my conference championship game. That's a waste of my time. You can get...
2: Beat up, someone can get hurt. Your record's gonna get dinged.
1: He's not around now to do it, but I thought Nick Saban would absolutely game the system. It might take a year or two, but he would figure out a way where it's advantageous for him not to play in a conference championship game, and he would purposely tank or in some way, not playing in a conference championship. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's just crazy. Well, that's something that's going to
2: be interesting to see is how what what do coaches are going to view as the advantage. Do you you see the advantage? Well, we have seen in the NFL that there's the argument to be made. Do you sit everybody in the last week? And then, because to your point, if he was going to try to game the system, like you have to occur a loss somewhere in there to get out of it. We're going to see that debate happen in college. Does it make sense to rest guys to get ready for the playoff? Texter says conference
1: championships could determine the first round bias for the playoffs. Could not necessarily but could see I could also see
2: the SEC and the Big 10 wanting to get rid of it because then they can select who they're putting in there they don't have to worry about it settling on the field
1: but that's why they one of the reasons they want the guaranteed buy so their champion their their conference champion gets you know regardless gets a week off i don't know how this is going to work What what are we going to charge a committee to do is a real concern of mine. Because for instance, if we ran this system this past year, wouldn't we have had Louisville and Florida State in a rematch? And Ohio State and Penn State. But the but the the Louisville Florida State game was the week before. We had to make them play again, turn around play again, and nobody wanted to watch the game the first time. We're going to make people watch it a second time, and we already. John, it's not a surprise, but the committee already under four teams would make decisions based on branding and television and ratings. At least they tried to. So why would they not do that again? They totally would. Because now they've shown us that they will do it. And honestly, you can make an argument. You don't want to have Florida State and Louisville playing again. You need to do... So They then they got to come in and game the system themselves. And even though technically... This team earned a 14 spot. Eh, let's bump them to 13 so they don't have to have a rematch with somebody. And then that feels a little dirty, doesn't it? That feels a little gross. Now you got somebody making the decisions on the matchups. Oh, wait. (laughs) Didn't we, haven't we been doing that anyway? So then it sort of takes away from maybe what we hope for some of the advantages of going to an expanded playoff. Yeah. Texters asks, so now that there are multiple seeds in the playoff, do you think it will be more determined on who locks up the seeds instead of a guessing game? No. We, we can't say that with confidence. I want it to be here's, – here's the problem, John. We are juggling a really difficult scenario of predetermining and not predetermining. We, we, we want some predetermining going on. In fact, we probably need some of that because coaches need to know how they can get there but we, we can't do too much predetermining or we're going to get some really crappy matchups. And then the Big Ten the SEC are going to go, we can't keep doing this, folks. We can't have Louisville and Florida State playing back-to-back games against each other. That's horrible for the system. It's an outrage. It's impacting our bottom line. Ratings are down in college football.
2: Because of football. you, not because of us, but because of your little league and your... Having and us forcing having to take on Louisville.
1: That's my beef with the 14 team system is that we're going to get the the worst combination of objective and subjective into this thing. Now we, we sit here and say no one's going to really and I, I still stand by this. No one's really going to get upset who the 15th team is that's left out. We're not going to get upset about that. We're going to get upset over why is this 14 team now a 13, and that created an advantage for that higher seed now to be playing a worse team or makes a disadvantage to play a better team.
2: Yeah, like why was a team at the end of the regular season 12th and then after one game they're now all of a sudden 7th? Or something like I I think we could see some just crazy movements between the second to last and the final rankings so they can get it how they wanted to make it an advantageous setup for the two big
1: leagues. See, Chad the Mailman hit on the biggest issue I have. This is the one that I I am torn on, and I, I cannot grasp exactly what we're trying to do. He asks, does college football want to be a legitimate sport or just entertainment? It's telling us. You're just reading what's going on and actions that are taking place, not what words are being said, actions. It's telling us it's an entertainment thing. 100%. The, the, the In fact, like, like I said earlier, the Big Ten and SEC do not care who wins the national title. They do not care. Does not matter. You don't get a, 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 an actual bonus for the entire league. You know what I mean? Like, you're not going to get. Sure. There'll be some, some tie ins and some, a little bit more money, but it's not like a, a financial windfall for you to win the national title. You just need to have the most participants in the highest rated games of the year. The biggest games are the draw games that everybody's going to watch. That's why they're doing what they're doing. That's why they're trying to force so, this strongly suggested as a texture said.
2: <laughs> well, it's it's also Bye. To, to Chad's point, a legitimate sport or just entertainment, do you want this to be an invitational or a playoff?
1: They don't know well, they know, but that's my problem is you're walking the line of do we do we really want to create the the best product possible? Or just what's going to make the most money possible? Because they're not the same, in my opinion.
2: Oh, no. Oh, gosh, no. They, they could not be more further from each other.
1: What is the NCAA tournament and basketball built on? Why do we reserve time? Why do we skip work? Why do we watch on Thursday and Friday the first two days of the tournament? For what? The madness. The upsets. The unpredictability.
2: Yes. That anything can happen.
1: They're trying to take that out of this, to a certain degree, so they can guarantee the money for themselves. Yeah, could you imagine if you only gotten paid if the Big Ten got five teams in the Sweet Sixteen? No, oh, the conference would
2: be broke. <laughs> they, they would need to decide. They, they, they'd be out here like you know the Mac grabbing UMass just to try to make something happen. Yeah,
1: they are leaning towards entertainment here and going away from legitimate football it's right in front of us we don't need any real evidence other than what their actions are to, to, to tell us what they're doing do you have a problem with that i got a problem with all of
2: it yeah I really do because another thing too one of the things that has gotten so many college football fans in love with college football was that it was a different product than the NFL
1: just was. I still think though that, but this scenario was. I mean, the NFL wouldn't come up with this. No. You wouldn't get one, one owner. Yet.
2: You would not get one owner to agree to this. So, yeah, they say this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Why? Why would we let the AFC North get twenty um, percent more of the revenue <laughs> than the NFC South? was running the playoffs every year then.
1: Well, they kind of do anyway.
2: Yeah, you know, Mike Tomlin doesn't have losing seasons. But,
1: I mean, it's ridiculous. Shane from Greenville then says, that's why I ask, is it more beneficial to not win your conference championship and aim for the home playoff game? I'm telling you, John, based on how this is set up...
2: What's more important to you, the trophy or the, the money at the gate?
1: But the powers that be are looking at from only one perspective. How can we just milk everything out of this? We'll let the coaches figure out how to how to win. That's not our job. But you're delegitimizing the the avenue in which you decide a champion. And what terrifies me, Brad,
2: is when we get to a point where the TV networks are like, okay, we've gotten every penny out of this sport that we can. Y'all go have fun with your extremely broken product.
1: A a decade ago, they sold us on a 14 playoff because this would legitimize crowning a champion. Right? We're not relying on computers or I'm not going to name voters that I know that are on the AP poll. But we're not going to rely on voters on the AP poll. We're going to have 13 of the most insightful
2: and dialed in college football experts who watch every single game determine this for you.
1: That was the argument that they sold us on. And that seems like a distant memory now. <sighs> Competition? A real, a real champion? No, we don't care about that. We're just trying to create a specifically invitational tournament for teams that we need to broadcast on television so we can make the most money 654 or final segment for this
0: Thank you for voting Tiger Express Wash as the best of the best car wash in 2023. Use your unlimited FastPass in Clemson, Easley, or Pendleton. Tiger Express Wash,
2: proudly serving the upstate with more locations, same quality care. William
5: Nichols from Scores Jewelers. You know, I'm very fortunate to work in an industry that's almost entirely focused on celebrating life's good times and milestones. Like the anniversary highlighting 5, 10, 15 years or more spent with your best friend birthdays and Christmases and maybe the biggest day of all the marriage of two people her engagement ring is more than just a diamond and a piece of gold on the day it's given as a gift it becomes a meaningful symbol marking the start of your new life together in a few years you won't remember the price tag on her engagement ring but you will remember that look on her face when you open the box that moment of sheer joy and excitement that says so many things to her that you could never express in words this is the true value of a ring The reason these things are handed down from one generation to the next. She's the one. Show her with the ring from Scores Jewelers. We'll help you find or make the perfect ring that says everything you want to say the moment you open the box for her. I'm William Nichols of Scores Jewelers in Anderson and online at ScoresDiamondJewelers.com, and I want to be your jeweler.
4: The Bojangler's back and it's dusted with Bo's famous season. Hook one while you can. It's Bo time. The cold weather is here, and Harrison's is the place to load up on layers. From lightweight, long sleeve t-shirts to heavy-duty, Sherpa-lined coats, and everything in between. Harrison's is the home of work, western, and wow! But nobody does work like we do. FR, high vis work boots, and safety shoes of all types. Plus a huge selection of workwear for men and women. Harrison's has what you need to work safe and work warm all winter long. Come see us in Spartanburg and Malden, or get free shipping from harrisonsusa.com. 59 years is a long time, especially when you're talking about how long a company has been in business. But that's exactly how long Joe Robertson and Son have been servicing and installing roofs right here in the upstate. 59 years. That means that many of the roofs you see every day, your neighbors, the roof at your favorite restaurant, even the roofs you're driving past right now, are likely a Joe Robertson and Son roof. Now you might be wondering why so many people here in the Upstate have chosen Joe Robertson and Son for their roofing needs for nearly 6 decades. And the answer is simple. They were founded on the principles of providing quality workmanship, fair pricing, and complete customer satisfaction. When you work with them, you won't pay a single dime until the job's been completed to your satisfaction. So if you have any roofing needs, do what so many people in the Upstate have done for the past 59 years. Make it a Joe Robertson and Son roof. Call that's 246-0886 or visit robertsonroofing.net what's holding you back
0: from learning the language you've always wanted to know too hard takes too long not with Babbel Babbel's lessons take just 15 minutes a day
5: 15 minutes isn't long
0: nope and they're fun so you don't realize you're learning a language but you are in three weeks you're able to start having conversations and Babbel's lessons are built around real life And with Babbel, it isn't hard. It's It's perfect. perfect. Now try Babbel free. Just go to Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. The Roar, the only media outlet where you won't need a two-step authentication to access. It's going to be exciting. The Roar, where every day's game day. The
1: final segment here on a Friday. Try to do something that feels good before we uh, wrap up the show today. I know this stuff gets gets could be a downer. I don't know honestly in my years of doing this, my years covering this sport and being a part of this industry. I don't know if I've ever been this down. If I've ever been this frustrated. If I've ever questioned why the powers that be are doing what they're doing. I mean, I I, know, I, don't, I don't question why. I know, I know what the why is, but they just don't care about the good of the sport. The good of the sport is how much money the sport generates. That's the only thing they care about that's good for them. But, you know, Zach and Anderson got in with this text, John. I thought the playoff was supposed to make my life less stressful at the end of the season, but this talk is stressing me out more. He's kind of having fun with it, but that's how I feel. I completely
2: agree. It's, it's why you hear me talk all the time about change fatigue. Uh, it's just... At, at what point... At what point do we reach where those two leagues are satisfied? You know, we, we talked about this last week at a point Reese Davis had made on the College Game Day podcast. Where he said, I don't care what they do at this point. Just, whatever you do, lock it in for 10 years. Yeah. The constant tinkering to make sure that you can squeeze out every possible penny is exhausting,
1: and we're nowhere near the end of it. It's just beginning, Brad. Yeah, unfortunately. And do you think they're going to stop? No, at this because we we're
2: doing the complete opposite of what John Swafford in the ACC did of locking teams into 20 years, we're making five-year agreements so we can constantly tweak this every couple of years to get more money.
1: Yeah, well, the college will kind of realize they were they were hurting themselves. They were hampering themselves by doing these long-term deals. Oh, I get
2: it. But, I mean, it's just, okay, well, now we just got a new TV deal. All right, well, let's tweak the format to get a little bit more so then we'll prepared for our next TV deal in five years. It's yeah. just a constant. That is becoming the only constant in college football right now is the... Continuous tweaks to get more money, but all that being
1: said, the product on the field is still good. That's where it differs from NASCAR, right? NASCAR, NASCAR cut itself off. I mean, it really did. It it strangled itself. Kozlov's product is not bad. Are they tweaking too much like NASCAR did? Yeah, NASCAR tweaked everything to the degree where you couldn't even recognize the sport anymore. But and and hurt the product became. To I don't think cultural product is ever going to be bad, John. No. And if, and if like, we talked with Tar Chad yesterday, what if we get guys staying in college until they're 25, 26, 27 years old? They're going to be good players. I, I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up. You
2: know, when there was a lot of talk of the initial inception of the 14 playoff and the reason why you couldn't do more to lock in all the leagues, there was two words that we heard all the time. Player safety. When was the last time you heard someone in connection with all these reports and tinkering of the format who has uttered those two words? Player safety.
1: Well, here's the thing. Well, never. Not anymore. Not, not, Not one. In this iteration of an expanded playoff, that has never one single time come up. But you couldn't even, when talking
2: about expanding out of four several years ago, you couldn't even start the conversation by putting in the, the caveat of, yes, I am for player safety.
1: Do you think player safety went out the window when NIL came along? Yes. Was that the ability to sort of get out of that? That was their justification it? of it. Oh, yeah, well, they're, 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 they're getting paid now. They're getting compensated. We don't have to care anymore about player safety.
2: Yes. And the, the dollar signs in terms of the, the, the TV deals got bigger.
1: Stupid rude. That's another thing, it? too.
2: The SEC and the Big Ten have gotten new T V deals since that was the big talking point. And now all of a sudden we don't talk about it anymore.
1: No. Player safety's not not even an argument. It was long, long used to hold back some things in the sport and now it's not even a it's not even an afterthought. I Mean no one on these committees, no one in these rooms. Oh, leaking the information no one ever brings years up.
2: Years and years ago, Greg Sankey would be the one out there saying, we can't keep just expanding this thing. We have to think of the players at some point. Until we don't. Yeah. Until it's no longer in our best interest to care about the safety of the players.
1: Texter asks, how does the product quality matter for predetermining the seating? There's some real issues with that. And here's the thing. They don't care because... You and I are going to watch in the regular season. We're going to be diehards. We're going to watch every game imaginable. They know they got us. They want the big-name brands in the playoff. So that's why they're going to do the predetermined When playoff. everyone's
2: at home over the holiday breaks and it's just casual people, oh, there's a viewing party for this such-and-such such playoff
1: game? Yeah, I'll go, we'll, we'll go watch is that. ESPN's not paying almost $8 billion for me and you, John. They're not paying $8 billion from the vast majority of our listening audience right now. No, because they
2: have us on Tuesday when Eastern Michigan plays Kent State. They've already got us locked in. It's the
1: fringe. That's all this is about. It's all this is And
2: the closer you make it to the NFL, that's less for people to have to learn and figure out. That's an easier
1: barrier to entry. And they know we have an insatiable appetite for football. The NFL expanded. They went to another whole week. They went to more playoff teams. And it has not hurt the product. And it's just put more eyeball. I mean, there, nothing is more watched in this country than the NFL. Nothing. I don't care what you put on TV. <laughs> right now, you're going to get slaughtered by the NFL. And college football is like, well, we, we can capitalize on that. You know, We're not going to be the NFL. We're not going to get to that level financially. But there's an insatiable appetite for this sport. We have to we just cash in on it. Let's take advantage of that. Betterment of the, of the actual game, throw it out the window. Don't care. Got to get the fringe people in. And there's, you know, things across our country that are going like sports betting has certainly played a role in this. You know, fantasy sports has played a role in, in all of this. There just feels like there's this this never-ending desire, like now you got to capitalize. Now you've got to take advantage of it. I don't think the product will stink. I think I think the coaching is too good. Do you drop some coaches out of the game for some of the other things, maybe? But I just I, the, the product's not going to be bad.
2: I want to read a text and then I want to answer this text with another text we got from a different listener here. Texter asked, If Clemson was in the SEC or the Big Ten, would y'all be so against them and what they're planning? And a texter got in a little bit ago and said, I'm an SEC fan and a fan of college football playoff expansion, but this new format is a load of junk. Should be the best teams
1: in, nothing else. I would like to say that you and I would not care who's in what league. We still don't like the fact that two leagues are steamrolling everybody else and making all the decisions. Correct, correct. Because I, I just don't find that healthy for the sport.
2: Like is, is Clemson my favorite team where I went to school? Yes. And in terms of like my fandom, like it's, it's number one on the list. But, Brad, I care about all 133 teams in college football. I enjoy the fact that we are coast to coast with 100-plus teams playing this great game and that it's different than the NFL. And it's its own unique thing. And that is why I have always loved college football. So whether my team was included or it is not, it doesn't matter to me. I don't like what we're doing to the entirety of the sport and then what the sport is going to look like for the for years to come
1: yeah it's the texture I, makes another I, great I, point I the, just i I care about the health of the sport, the ecosystem, from the Michigans and the Alabamas and the Clemsons and the Florida states all the way down to Furman all the way down to Division Three, like just all of it. I, I care about the health of all of it. The text gets in.
2: They're trying to make it an experience like March Madness for the fans that only watch in March to fill out their brackets. Sort of. N- not to that degree, but I do think they want to have some of that same. They they want that without the the unpredict- They don't want the upsets though. Well, like, they want everyone to sit around and fill out their brackets and like have all that. I think.
1: Well, let's let's be clear here. Football's, college football's regular season has always been more meaningful than the postseason. It's always trumped it. I mean, you go back, you know, in the era of this thing, you go back a couple of years ago, all you got was a random bowl game in December or New Year's Day. That's all you got. There was no playoff. And so the, the, the draw, the appeal, was the regular season. And then, of course, we had all the polls and all that to decide it. But I think that the... The purpose is to make the postseason a much bigger deal than it ever has been. You can't make a postseason a big deal when you got four teams. You definitely can't make it that that big a deal when you got two teams. And and the bowl luster has well worn off on American fans, right? I I just think that's that's well once
2: the and I'm not I'm not like trying to say this is all Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey's fault. But once the movement started that the players didn't have to care and the coaches are jumping around going to every job left and right, they don't seem to care. So why should we as the fans have to care? I I get how that is naturally permeated throughout the sport. Because when the people who are physically involved don't care, I I get it. Does the sport need a healthier postseason? I would say yes. Yes, they do. But this is not a healthier
1: (laughs) postseason. It's a game in the system. This is milking it for money, not setting up a postseason that makes the most sense to decide a champion. But But, we're not doing that anymore. That that ship sailed a long time ago. But to me, it's also
2: the issue when college football forever has never been about crowning a national champion. Yeah, exactly. And now we're trying to force it after 100 years of existence. We're trying to, to create this new thing we're chasing. To make it like everything else, and the unintended consequences were were taking away the thing that made college football unique and special.
1: All right, John, let's uh, wrap up the show on a few more, or try to get some positive notes in um, South Carolina Clemson baseball weekend here. Uh, you would, you like to make a a prediction on the outcome of the weather? I don't think I'm kidding. No, no, I'm not. No, well, I'm, I'm not kidding. doing that. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, any any thoughts on the on who wins the series? They're, I think they're very evenly matched teams. they are this is a coin
2: flip in in all aspects of it I, I think the, the key is to me is what you saw out of last weekend's Clemson's performance is that going to show up again the obviously the, the horrible Friday where nobody played well and then and then the I thought was honestly more concerning were the six errors on Saturday
1: mm. Have yeah. you
2: cleaned that stuff up?
1: You you can't are you get away a, with it in this in this series.
2: Are you playing a sharper brand of ball? If so, I do like Clemson's chances. But you can't be messing around like you did in those first two games last weekend.
1: Agreed. Uh that, that's that's going to be a major, major key. I, you're stepping up in level competition. You got I want I want to see if Clemson plays a cleaner style of ball. I want to see South Carolina pushed. I think from a talent. Stand from a, from an experience slash talent set, you know, kind of the way it's set up, I, Clemson's probably a little bit better than South Carolina. I don't think that means Clemson wins the series at all. I just think if you're just evaluating from that, because, you know, people always say, who's better team? I and mean, Clemson is ranked higher, and I, I'm not even using that. I just think top to bottom, I think Clemson's got a little bit more, I got fewer questions to answer. But I think South Carolina's pitching staff has pitched really, really well this year.
3: Definitely.
1: Hadn't really played anybody, but not the Clemson's played a ton of competition either. I'm not trying to paint that picture. ain't trying to say they ain't played nobody, Paul? Mm, I, I'm not saying that. But I, I do think these teams are, on paper, there's a, there's, there's a lot to like about both of them, and we're going to really put to the test what your strengths and your weaknesses truly are. What, what your weaknesses are. Yeah. Your strengths come out against everybody. Your weaknesses only usually get shown against the elite competition, or the higher levels of competition, I should say. Should be a fun weekend. No updates as of right this moment, John, on the uh, weather situation. In Not Columbia. that I have seen. As far as we know, Founders Park, 7 p.m., airtime 6.30. That is correct. No doubleheader tomorrow. Just one game at Segra Park in Columbia. And then Sunday at Doug Kingsmore, uh, those four and two respectively times for first pitches. How about this real quickly here, John, before we move on? Carolina, uh, I'm sorry, North Carolina is playing baseball right now. I'm not. I'm not kidding. They just hung eleven runs on ten hits in the first inning against Princeton. We ain't even gotten off the air yet.
2: Oh my! That's not nice.
1: a <laughs> <That's> salt. <laughs>
2: Goodness gracious! I may mean, go. I got family lives up in that Princeton. I need you to go check, check on them. No a welfare check. Y'all all right? Man,
1: poor Princeton. They hadn't seen the sun. They hadn't seen the ground.
2: They're just, they're just grateful to not be in New Jersey anymore, and they get treated like that? Man.
1: Get back on the bus and go back home. After the first inning, I'm like, nah, we're out. We're done.
2: I'd rather go sit on a bus on I-95 than go through that. Hmm.
1: Clemson basketball at against Notre Dame. Who you got?
2: Uh, give me the Tigers. I think the line will be around 7. I like the Tigers to cover on the road. Ian Shefflin, another big performance.
1: The team has played well on the road. I know Notre Dame is a little bit better than they were earlier in the season. It's a good test for the Tigers. Trying to shut down Marcus Burton. I... Uh, he- Really talented freshman. I think it's a it'll be a good chance to see if Clemson's and you know defensive guard play has is, has truly improved. And I, I do think the Tigers get a get a nice win and keep this thing rolling uh here to start out March. Thanks everybody for joining us today. Coming up next, it's out of bounds. Have a wonderful weekend. Stay dry today. Take care. Enjoy the baseball, enjoy the basketball, enjoy the combine.
0: Talk to you Monday. WCCP FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville, Anderson, WAHT AM 1560, Cowpens, 97.5.